why don't we why don't we actually take a moment just to before Gao comes up to pray for our upcoming uh, school year for our kids for uh, teachers. Any other teachers in the house this morning or administrators? Yeah, all over. So, man, um, Father, we just right now come and we we want to bless what you're doing in our kids, Holy Spirit. We thank you, Father, for the way that you you love the little children. You said, man, uh, do, don't do anything to hinder them from coming to me and from knowing me and walking with me and experiencing me. And so, Lord, we, we pray this coming year for... Uh, just the eyes of their hearts, our kids, Lord, to be opened and entering into intimacy in you in deep, deep ways, Lord. Thank you that we get to help make the right thing easy. And, and Lord, help, help us to, we, we ask you to make it easier than we even think it is, Lord, to do that. So, Father, we pray especially, Lord, for all of those going back into school, those returning all the students, Lord, all the teachers, all the administrators, Lord, we say, let your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Thanks, Roger. Man, if, I don't know how else you'd not want to go to Bible Blast. They're going to pay you an Amazon and candy to do spiritual devotions. That's fantastic. But I, I only can just give my big thumbs up to say we took all three of our kids who are 21, 19, and 16 through it now, and they remember the scriptures because of the years we did this stuff. Um, it doesn't mean every time you go is going to be your best day. It just means you just got to grind it out sometimes, too, in life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. If anybody's not having that experience, that you're normal. It's okay to have to grind out on some things because not every day is a party. But you get to have songs like, wasn't that song popping? I see you move. It makes me, you know, want to do that Mick Jagger thing, you know, at some point. That song is awesome. Roger just said I don't have the moves like Jagger, but that's because he thinks he does. See, see, you don't heckle me from here, man. I <laughs> oh, Lord, have mercy on us. Ah. <laughs> well, we've been talking about the lifestyle of Jesus and notice just saying that if what, what kind of life do I want? And we've come to the conclusion that Jesus lived the best human life, that Jesus gives us a picture of what we were meant to be, what it means to be human. And so there's this great little phrase that if I want the life of Jesus, I need to live the lifestyle of Jesus. There's things I can do that are under my control that I can enact that then God does us all this other work. We, we're doing like 10% of the lifting max in our lives. God's doing the vast majority, but we get to play a role in this project he calls us. And so the one we've been looking at is prayer. You guys should be extremely familiar with this by now. I'm a teacher at heart, so I don't mind repeating. But we've been using uh, P-R-A-Y to kind of use, you know, prayer is such a massive subject. Pete Gregg coined this in his book, uh, How to Pray. Uh, and so we've talked about pause, rejoice, ask. In the last several weeks, we've been talking about what does it mean to yield to God in prayer. And so we've talk, taught a couple things. The first thing we said was this idea of yielding to God after you've asked everything, after you've paused, and then you're kind of, okay, I guess I'm done now. It is so critical that you leave your prayers with God and let Him answer them. Yield ourselves to Him. And so one of the ways we were talking about, we said yielding, another way to talk about it is to say we're listening for if God's going to say anything to us, we're going to trust whatever He does, and then we're just going to do it. Listen, trust, and obey. And one of the ways we talked about it a couple, three weeks ago, we talked about the prayer of relinquishment of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, relinquishing himself to God. We're imitating him where he didn't want to obey God. He, he had heard, he was struggling to trust and struggling to obey, but then he said, Father, not my will, yours. 
And that's, we get to imitate Jesus in that. Anybody had anything to relinquish this week? Yeah, right? It's just living on the planet with other humans. Eventually, you're going to have to relinquish something. You know, if, if, it, if it's just in traffic, it might be that space, you know. Um, so if you want to learn more about that, go back to our podcast on that. Last week, we talked about a way to hear God, a way to listen to God. We know that the number one way that God, and the clearest way God speaks to us, is through His Scriptures. We're actually been talking about that quite a bit in the fall. But we also know that there's things that, that aren't told us in the Scriptures, like, which job should I take? Right? Um, and, and so we do know that God speaks to us by His Holy Spirit, always in consonance, in, in submission to the Scriptures. But, but that there's a way we can train ourselves to do what Jesus did. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. Think about how powerful that is. Because we know for sure there were things that Jesus could have done that he did not do. One of those is in Acts 3. We see that, that Peter and John in Acts 3 say to a guy, Hey man, uh, we don't have silver and gold, but what we have we'll give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Stand up and walk. The guy starts walking. And we see that the guy had spent his entire life at the temple gate. That would have been 40 years. That would have been the entire lifetime of Jesus. Walking by him over and over at the, at, at the temple gate. Why didn't Jesus heal him? I'll tell you why. The father didn't tell him to. Father wanted Peter and John to get to do the stuff. So here's the cool thing. I said this to our group leaders the other day, and hopefully it's not a shock to you. But if it is, this will revolutionize your life. You have no obligation to do anything the father isn't telling you to do. Through his scriptures. And through the whisper of the Spirit. And in fact, even more, God has no obligation to support anything He didn't start. That's why so many of us get so tired, right? We're trying to push, push God-sized projects down the hill that He never even initiated. But guys, if we can learn how to listen, trust, and obey, I'm telling you, the lifestyle of Jesus, He said, Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. Take my yoke. Yoke as a rabbi, his way of living, the way, the limitations of his teaching. Take my way of living on you. Learn from me. By the way, I'm gentle and humble in heart. I'm not going to scream at you. I'm not going to shame you. I'm gentle and humble in heart. But if you live my way, then you'll find rest for your souls. It means rest isn't just a vacation. Or a veg out session. Because has anybody vegged out on Netflix and been more tired at the end of it? Like, what did I do to myself just now? It's just like I ate a pile of frosting and just thought it would make me feel better. I feel kind of sick right now. Not saying there's anything wrong on Netflix, but you know what I mean. Living Jesus' way. So I, I can even sense it in the spirit today that the Lord is so interested. He's excited. He's on the edge of his seat, if you will, to say... Will they let me talk to him? Would you let me listen to you? Even just moment by moment? Because life gets exciting and scary and energy filled when we're doing it in the power of the Spirit as we're listening to the Lord as we do it. So last week we talked about a way of hearing God actually together where, where we, it's, you're not always in a situation when you necessarily have a question to ask God. But a lot of times we do. And so one of the things we can do, and you can get to the point where you can do this quickly by yourself, or this is extremely helpful to do in a group of people. And so th this is the technique uh, that we use with our elders, our staff, uh, with our trustees, where we'll, we'll just do this to try to hear the Holy Spirit together because we actually believe Jesus leads his church. I'm not the leader of this church. The elders aren't the, Jesus is the leader of his church, is clear in the scriptures. So it's our obligation to hear what he's saying. It's not, it's not just to help our God projects. Okay, so the first thing we do is clarify the question. What am I trying to actually ask God? And that is super helpful because sometimes you don't really know. A lot of times it's just, I feel bad, make it better. Right? But there might be something deeper God's doing. What do I actually, God, the God, I'm scared a lot. 
Why am I scared a lot? What am I asking you for? And already you're starting to have this little dialogical moment where God will help you understand what are you asking him. The next thing is to test for indifference. What we mean by this is I'm indifferent to however God answers it. Whatever he does, I will do. Or whatever he says, I will do. In other words, I'm saying yes before I get the, get the answer. You're like, that's crazy. How can I do that? You can only do it as a gift from God. Where we test ourselves for indifference. It's like, just say, just wear the decision for a second. If the answer is yes, how do I feel? If the answer is no, <laughs> I told you my, my, one of my favorite stories with one of my kids who's going to be in sales and marketing. He's already got the technique down. This is about three years old. He said, Dad, can I have some cookies? Don't say no, don't say no. He, he just held it, put his fingers in his ears. Just Don't say no, don't say no. That's a really good sales technique there. But if we realize, God, I'm not going to be happy if it goes this way. Usually it's just simple because we don't trust him. We don't really think he has our best in mind. That he really loves us. And so the fun part is this. You don't have to change your emotions. You instead just say, okay, I'm aware of this. Lord, I, I don't believe that you're going to take care of me if you go this way. Will you help me to trust you? And he actually can do that. And when we do it in a group setting, we just expose that to one another. You know what? I'm worried about if this thing goes this way. Like you just tell. And so I'm just telling you guys that I'm going to need help to hear the Lord on this. Okay? So clarify the question, test for indifference, and then ask and listen. As, as basic as this sounds, I think sometimes I forget to do this on stuff. I'll, I'll have done it and thought, man, I didn't even ask. I didn't even think about asking. Did you know that asking God is actually treating God as if he's God? You know what I'm saying? Like, just, just the ask is a good thing. Lord, what do you think about this? And then wait long enough to listen. Did you know God is more interested in having a friendship with you than giving you answers? And because of that, I think he just waits sometimes. It's like, can you just hang out for a minute? Right? If you're a parent, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Or you just hope your kids would give you a little attention at one point. So, this is what we're doing. Clarifying the question, test for indifference, ask and listen. The, the goal we had for this week was, could you imagine, could you think of, there's a question you want to ask God. And we're actually going to practice this together today. But before I do that, I, I want us to talk a little bit more about does it work. And so I've got several testimonies lined up. Of people, if you guys would come forward now, you guys sit over here somewhere. Um, of people from within our midst, it, it's research from the field, if you will, of those who have actually gone through this little process of trying to hear God and what God has said to them. So I'm going to start with uh, Nathan Real. Nathan came up. Does everybody know Nathan? If you if you don't, welcome Nathan. Come on up on stage. Nathan's a rock star. Tell us, tell us about how, how you heard God. So a couple months ago, I was, um, I got up and I was, I just in my prayer time asked the Lord, Lord, if there's anything you want me to do today, I want to do that. If there's anything even simple, I just want to join in. I was in a season, still kind of in a season, feel like I'm sick of doing what I want. I just want to do whatever you want. And so a couple hours later, you beware of the question or asking him that. Um, a few hours later, I get this random Facebook message from an old classmate of mine from college, and we had shared one class freshman year. I don't even really remember ever having a conversation with him. And he texts me, he's like, hey, can I have your number? And everything in me was kind of like, well, this is weird. Never had a, ever remember talking with this guy. And so but I felt this like weird presence, like the Lord saying, like, give him your number. So I gave him my number. He immediately texts me and is like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> so I was like, well, this is odd, but um, doing good. How are you doing? And so he unloads, he sends this long text um, that I was kind of like, okay, this is awkward. This is, this is odd. Um, I don't even really know you. And so, but every time my, my, my flesh, I felt like was just screaming out, like, get out, get out. Don't, <laughs> you don't want this. 
I, you know, the moment you feel like you just got like spiritually flashed in a way. It was like, don't want to, I don't want to do this. And so, um, so, um, but I felt in that moment, I, it wasn't the audible voice of God, but it was pretty close to it where the Lord was just leaning in and was like, this is what you asked for, like this morning. You asked, what do I want you to do today? So I, I, I pressed in and was like, hey, do you want to like have a Zoom call later this week? And he's like, yeah, I want that. And so we met um, via Zoom, and it's like an hour-long convo. And really, it's not even a catch-up. It's like getting to know each other because I didn't really know this guy. Um, but it's winding down to that part in the conversation where it's like, okay, we could we could end this conversation. And I, I was pulling out. I wanted to get out because I was like, my wife is going to be home in 30 minutes. Why? I mean, this is, we should just end this. And right then, in that moment, not the audible voice of God, but a very, very close thing to it, of just leaning, it's like, right now, press in, right now. And so I said, hey, it was, is there something specific you want to share in this time? And he just starts laughing because he's like, I was literally this moment praying under my breath, God, I don't think I have the strength to share this with him. If you want me to share this with him, would you please like nudge him on the shoulder to, and tell him to ask me so I could share that? And I'll take it that you want me to do that. And so he, um, he shared some very hard things and it was just a really good time of encouraging each other. But in all those moments of like, oh, this is kind of different. This is kind of weird. There was, no test for indifference. I knew exactly where I stood. I was like, I don't want to do this, Lord. I don't want to be, I don't want to be in this conversation. Um, so this is not a heroic thing at all. Um, but every moment I could just sense the Lord being like, this is when you yield. This is when you lean back. This is when you trust me with the results. Even if you're like not entirely sure if this is even of the Lord. Um, so yeah, and that was, and it was just a great time to encourage him. So it was awesome. That was my story of yielding. Awesome. How cool is that? I think, let's do another, Griff Poindexter. Come on up, Griff, yes. Griff has a great following here. Believer's Church of mostly fifth and sixth graders, I think. But, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> Hi, I'm Griff Poindexter. I'm the lesser known Poindexter here at Believer's. I don't have a beautiful singing voice and just stand in the back and dance. So that's what I do. <laughs> um, so uh, where I've applied this framework is uh, kind of throughout my marriage with Brooke, and it's helped me kind of discern, um, you know, what the Lord is asking us to do um, for our, our life. And so kind of where this applied for me, the most recent example was um, a couple months back, uh, I was approached with a job opportunity, and in this job opportunity it would have been a change to financial analytics. So I was previously in technical supply chain analytics, so it was a little bit of a industry change for me. So I don't like to take unnecessary risks. So um, <clears throat> I decided to um, uh, to field the field the offer, and so I went through the process and received a job offer, and I had seven days to uh, reply to the job offer. Um, and so kind of do the, during this time, you know, I submitted the question. Uh, so I clarified the question, which was, should I take the job or not? And um, kind of throughout this period, uh, you know, I reached out to a lot of guys here at BC that are much wiser than I am, and obviously submitted it to Brooke. And the statement that kept coming up was, um, hey, no matter what, uh, I have your, I have your back. Um, I've, I've got you. And so I was like, okay, that's helpful, but it doesn't necessarily give me, you know, the binary response that I'm looking for, right? <laughs> Need a zero or one. <laughs> um, so, um, kind of on the sixth day, the day before I had to give a response, um, I just asked Brooke, or on way back from the gathering place, and so, Brooke, will you just pray with me one more time about this job opportunity? And I said to the Lord, hey, Lord, you have to tell me explicitly that I need to take this job. And if not, I'm not going to leave because I feel safe, secure. I know my risks down to a quantitative level, right? So I, um, I don't want to take the unnecessary risk. And so it wasn't two hours later <laughs> that Brooke sent me a text 
saying, hey, you got to listen to this song. I think it's going to answer a lot of questions. And the song is called Catch Me by Alyssa, Alyssa Smith. And in the first line of the song, it's, I feel afraid of leaving what's safe, but I can't stay here. Uh, if, if I fall, will you catch me? And as you can assume in the song, it says, you will catch me, right? Um, and so I wasn't, in that moment, obviously, I, I, I realized that the Lord had directly answered my, an, or my question, and I wasn't super excited about that answer. Um, I said, okay, well, I have to take the risk, right? Um, and um, I'm here to say I, I'm, so, I'm so glad that I did. Um, I'm getting to work on a lot of projects that, you know, I find absolutely fascinating. Um, but the real joy that I get to experience is knowing that um, if I fall, if I fail, that the Lord's got me. And truly, that's, that's really all that I need. That was awesome. Griff, I want to thank you for dumbing down your language for people like me today. Griff may be one of the smartest humans I've ever met. Um, Tim, Cameron, why don't you come on up and share with us? Well, um, where I've experienced the test for indifference is with the elders. Um, we were kind of tootling along, and about five years ago, realized there was probably a better way for making decisions with some things that had come up. So <clears throat> Roger and Guile introduced us to this book, Pursuing God's Will Together, by Ruth Haley Barton. And what I ended up confronting was just a whole brand new set of benchmarks to do life and discern God's will. A couple of them, uh, one of them being practicing truth-telling. Now, that sounds kind of simple, but practicing truth-telling is transformational in your life and can be in all of your relationships, and it was with ours because it introduced us to something new, conflict. <laughs> um, my... Uh, observation of conflict in the church, which I've been doing for a long time, is that if there's conflict, if it's not resolved to your liking, you just leave and go somewhere else. Um, but conflict works two ways. Uh, on the other side of conflict, we discovered another practice, and that's valuing the dissenting opinion or valuing uh, the conflict itself, which, of course, is transformational. Honestly, that's not something I've, I've been comfortable with my whole life, conflict. And I did not value dissenting opinions. And valuing a dissenting, dissenting opinion can really tell you a lot about yourself. Um, but the last thing is this thing of indifference. Um, it is the essential quality that has to be present if you're going to discern the will of the Lord together as a group of people. And we really did want to discern what the Holy Spirit had to say. Testing yourself for indifference is, is self-revelatory. It, it identifies your opinions, your biases, your prejudices. Can you... Let all those things surface and see them and then set them all aside here. That's what you have to do if you want to discern God's will. And the really cool thing is um, we're nowhere near mature in this process, but we're headed in the right direction. But there's been numerous times when we've come to the end of the process and said, we believe, it's, we believe the Holy Spirit, it would be good for the Holy Spirit to the Holy Spirit if we did this. The Holy Spirit has, has instructed us to do this. I want to tell you, for me personally, this whole process has, really has been transformational. Uh, it has strengthened my marriage because it's changed the way I do business. 
in my life. I always told the Lord, you know, when I'm older, I want to still be teachable. So it's been really cool for me to recognize uh, some of my prejudices, some of my biases, and in particular, a thing about experience. Um, I've come to understand experience isn't really worth a lot unless it's the right kind of experience, right? <laughs> and some of my experience was kind of bad, and so I believed some lies. And it's really strengthened my marriage in that I've come to the position, I really do believe my wife and I can discern God's will together. I'm no longer a victim of my culture that makes me just independent, and I think I can do anything, and I always know what's right. Um, so it's really helped me in my marriage. Is that kind of what you... Is that gold or what? My goodness. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. There's some nuggets that you just chew on all day. Thank you, Tim. Um, Anna. Anna has a story she's going to tell us where she's experienced this. Yeah, I'm just laughing because one time, this is an aside, but that test for indifference, you know, where you're just really honest with how you want to go. One time with the collective core team, Brian and I were just adamant why we were about to go into asking the Lord. We were adamant why it wasn't going to work, and there was no way we would do it. And everyone witnessed that. Everyone on our team, Stefan, Jesse, Nathan, heard us be adamantly, we will not do this. It's not going to work. We went and we asked the Lord for indifference. We prayed. Within two minutes, the Lord changed our hearts. And we were the proponents of it more than anyone else. And it was just like comical how he got us. But he really can change our hearts when we test for indifference, when we are honest with each other. Okay. One of the main ways I'm constantly using this tool, and Guile and Roger taught us, and we've been practicing with the collective leadership team for years and years, is through how to spend our money and our schedules relating to each other. Is this what you're asking me? Someone's asking me this. Is this what you're asking me? So you may have a similar story, but me and Beulah, our beloved Beulah, were having lunch, and we hadn't seen each other for ages. And so we were just delighting each other, talking so fast, catching up. And we weren't ordering for a very long time. And the woman just kept, we were so engrossed with each, ourselves that we weren't like, oh, it's like 45 minutes had passed and we hadn't even ordered. We were so engrossed in catching up. And we just realized this woman is being so gracious to us. And we thought, should we ask her if we could pray for her? And Beulah was game. So we said, okay, when she comes back, this is how we'll play it. Ask her if you can pray for her. And she did, and she said, I could really use prayer because I have all these children. I'm trying to work doubles, but it's the middle of the lunch hour. As you can see, no one else is here. And we're like, oh, we, we hadn't really known. No one else is here. Um, so she's trying to make ends meet, and still no one's coming in. And... Um, She's like, I am just really desperate. My finances, I really need prayer. And so we, she said, do you mind if we hold hands? Like no one is around. And so we're just praying over her. And Beulah and I, when she leaves, she says, where are you guys from? You're not from around here. And I've never said this to anyone else, but I said, you're right when you say we're not around here. <laughs> so we're, we live here, but we're, we're from God. We are children of God, and if you want to know more about that, like, we're going to give you our numbers if you want to know who God is, what he's done. So then Beulah and I look at each other with the question of how much money are we going to give this lady, you know? We had her waiting for 45, she, her desperate towards the Lord, and we just felt so much joy to give her money. So we turned to each other, we just sat there in prayer, our eyes closed, Lord, how much money are we going to give this woman? And we looked up at each other, and we said the exact same amount, which was over 10 times the amount necessary. And um, we, listened, we listened to him. We trusted him to give an extraordinary amount. 
and we left. We don't know what her response was, but when we left, we were filled with joy in the Lord. We were literally shaking with joy that God had given us whatever money it was we had and then instructed us in what to do with it. And we felt like literally on fire, like we were children of God, and we were, we were so excited to hear from him. Thank you, Anna. So I'll just tell one of my own little stories, and then, then we'll get to practicing. Um, a question, I, so I have a weird job in that my job is Christians all the time, everywhere. They're popping out everywhere. You know, it's just like, and it's, that's probably one of the unique things about my job versus yours is that I'm rarely around people who don't at least try to follow Jesus. And so, but I know that that for me that that's not healthy. And I also want to live an example of how, how do you live a life that's really full, demands a lot of hours, but obey Jesus in engaging the loss. And so, what I had to ask the Lord is, is what am I asking you when I say, will you bring people who don't know Jesus across my path? Because I don't even want to ask that question. Everybody's felt that way? Like, because I don't have time for this. And in clarifying the question, I realized what I was asking Jesus was, how do I be a good Christian and so you'll like me? How do I be okay in opinions of other people? See, that's really powerful, isn't it? Because if I get down under that stuff, I'm like, Jesus isn't, Jesus isn't going to answer that question. He's not going to make me feel better because he's not part of any of that. He's like, none of that matters. Who cares what other people think about this? Yeah, I already love you. This, everything's good. Um, so the question was, okay, Lord, if you've got something for someone else uh, for me to share and I can listen, will you help? And you know what he answered? I, told, I think I told you last week. I finished a run. There's my neighbor mowing his lawn. And I'm like, you know, it'd be awkward to stop him mowing his lawn. You know, but I'm still kind of wondering. So I just said it. Lord, if you want to do anything, please do it. Goom, mower turns off. He walks over. Hey, man. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and he just, it like kind of, Nathan, he unloads. And he just unloads. And I'm like, Wow, didn't see that coming at all. And then in the next two to three days, two more neighbors come and introduce me in the weirdest stuff. Neighbor, ding dong, did you notice that there's an injured hawk in the bush of your house? And I correct him, I said, actually it's a white-tailed kite, he's been there for two days and I don't know what to do. I'd actually, it's this big great thing you know and we're like i don't know what to do but neighbor comes over and like he and his wife rescue the bird they said could we give us could we give you our phone number so we could connect and I was like, okay and then another neighbor same thing introduced himself so i don't know what god's going to do through all that but look at how it is an easy yoke and a light burden because my requirement was simply this to first get over me. That was the hard part. Because I don't want to do things that I don't have time for. I'm already tired enough. But the Lord knows the neighborhood he put me in. Why did God send a white-tailed kite to sit in my bush of my house? I think, I don't know. He knows I need a lot of help. But all I'm doing is listening. Isn't that cool? The Lord really has cool and exciting stuff for be able then to just fall in love with these people and know the hurt that they're feeling and the confusion they're living with. And I'll go, oh my goodness, I'm doing better than that on my worst day. And it's because I know Jesus. So one of the things I want to point out with all these testimonies, I, I didn't vet them beforehand. Did you know they're not all like linear? You know what I mean? They're not all just the same. You're like, if, if you're like me and you just like everything just so, you'll notice that Griff had it outlined the most clearly because he's probably the most linear thinker among us. But, but, um, that the point isn't that it just, like this is some kind of vending machine where you, this is how to pull the lever, right? It's that we do these things of asking God, what am I trying to ask you? 
then Lord, am I okay to trust you no matter how you respond to me? And then to ask him to do it. Okay. So we're going to do that right now. All right. So we're going to practice it together. So you may or may not have a burning question to ask the Lord, but um, you can ask the Lord anything. And it, you may or may not have a binary question, which means yes or no. That's what you meant by that, right? Okay. Pretty sure that's what he meant. Um, it may be trivial. It may be a big deal. I don't, I don't know. Um, but what I want us to do now is just settle in, get quiet. And you know, you can hear God with distractions, by the way. You can hear God with distractions. It's nice not to have them. The, the distractions we have to worry about are the internal ones. Does it make sense? But you can hear God in the middle of a totally chaotic situation outside of you. But over time, that's one of the reasons we learn to pause, <laughs> rejoice, ask, and yield is because we get less and less chaos in here. Sometimes that's the question we're asking. So let's just take a moment and just view in the Lord. Just think about the question, a question you'd like to ask him and just kind of go back and forth in your mind with him about what is, what am I actually trying to ask the Lord? And if some of you, if you're a couple, you're discerning together, this would be a great time or some friends, great time just to talk briefly with each other about what is the question we're asking God. So we'll just practice it. Ready to go. Now, you, you may have gotten some clarity, and if you don't, don't move on yet. You just ignore me. But if you have some clarity, then here's the question to ask yourself in the presence of Jesus. Maybe ask the Lord, am I okay with however you answer this? And just be really gut-level honest. Am I okay with however you answer my question? Remember, the, the ability to be indifferent to God's response is a gift from Him. So don't try to force your emotions there. Just say, okay, Lord, I'm not indifferent. Will you help me?
So again, if you're still in that part of the process, just stay there. Don't rush it. But if maybe you at least have identified that, that you are leaning one way or the other, you may say, yeah, I'm fine. You're able to do that. Then just ask the Lord your question and wait for an answer. Don't talk yourself into another solution or start to making notes. Just ask the Lord your question and then wait. And we're going to take, we're going to take several minutes to do that, okay? Just for the sake of just because we got babies in children's ministry and stuff like that, that want to pay attention to that. Some of you may may not have gotten through the process yet, and that's totally fine. It's totally fine. It's super important that we at least treat ourselves as well as God treats us. And He's gentle and humble in heart. So if you find that you're not gentle, with yourself and humble toward yourself, apparently you think you can do something that God's not doing. It's good to be just gentle with ourselves. I got my chronic weaknesses just like the next guy and I just like get so frustrated with myself. Anybody relate to that? Yeah? That it doesn't help anything in being friends with God and hearing God to be frustrated. Just say, well, that's what happened. Okay, so I'll tell you what my experience was just now. I have a chronic issue that's driving me crazy. And it's mostly internal and fairly embarrassing just because it just, my closest friend's like, dude, you're crazy. I know. Uh, it's just something that bothers me. It makes me very afraid. And so I was asking the Lord, what is the question I'm trying to ask you about it? The question I was asking is, is this ever going to go away? Are you ever going to fix this in me? Like, oh, okay. So, test for indifference. Am I indifferent? Not in the least. I want this to go away. I don't want to get, I don't want to be afraid of this. I'm tired of getting afraid of this. It's not rational. And I thought the Lord would probably just say something when I asked him, like, well, just trust me. And this kind of surprised me. I heard the phrase, pursue together. And what I realize is I expect to get my stuff together and bring that to you. And I don't think he wants me to do it alone. Which is super risky, right? I have to do it with other people. But could it be, it seems like maybe he's not going to give me an answer unless I do it with other people. So that's, that's just for me. Okay. I'm going to do something crazy. Anybody, one or two people, feel like you would be open to sharing what God's, what just happened with you? You don't have to if you don't feel good about that. Rhonda, who leads Kendall Whittier, why don't you share with us? I'm going to make you come up here because of the live stream. They can't see you down here. So thanks for being gutsy, Rhonda. So actually, you kind of went through this last week. And so I left here thinking, all right, God, what's my question? And, you know, last year was a really hard year. And with COVID and the whole deal. And um, there's just a lot of things that happened that made me super just like, do I want to keep doing this? Like, is there even value that I'm doing this? And so that was my question. It's like, you know. 
am I done, God? When am I done leading this school? And I just, I need to know if you want me to do it another year. And we're not very far from school starting, so it was kind of a big question. And um, so uh, on Tuesday, I'm walking out of school. It's about 4.30 uh, with Teresa, who's my friend and secretary. And um, she goes here, and um, she has her son, Bubba, who used to usually sits up here pre-COVID. And um, so now we're sisters in the Lord and colleagues in the Lord together because she came in one day and said, hey, I want what you have. Let's talk about that. So I got to lead her to the Lord. This is like my second year there, and I've been there 10 years. And so we're walking out together, and um, this woman gets out of her car with these two kids. And it's the end of the day, and she goes, Mrs. Kessler, Mrs. Kessler. I'm like, she goes, do you remember me? And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Inside, I'm like, I wish I did. <laughs> and I didn't. And she goes, it's okay, it's okay. She goes, I just had to stop. We live in Wisconsin. We're coming up from Texas, and I had to drive here and see you, see if you were still here. And I said, really? I said, why? What, what is it that's so important? It's really good to see you, but what's going on? And she said, I just, I just had to tell you. We love this school. We miss this school so much. She said, you, your leadership, your love. She goes, I worked for you. And I'm like, oh, I can't believe I don't remember. She was one of our teacher assistants. And um, she goes, but it, you're just, you just set this tone. You just, the school's such a loving place. And, and she said, and it's never been the same since we've left. She goes, what you guys offer here is just incredible. And I got in the car, and it's like, okay, there's that answer. I guess I'm supposed to be here another year. And so I've continued to ask myself these questions through the week because, you know, the next day I had a teacher resign. And so I'm, I'm at this place of meeting three teachers, and we're two weeks away, not even. And so um, can I ask a question yeah. to people? If... You're not working, but you have a college degree, and you've been wondering what the Lord's wanting you to do. If um, you would ask the question to the Lord, Lord, is that me? Am I supposed to be a teacher? And um, to just serve kids and love kids, it's the hardest job you will ever, ever do, I promise. Um, but it's also the most rewarding. So, God's good. Yeah, that is awesome. I'm not, I'm not going to go on a rant, but, but my wife's taught, um, et cetera, et cetera. You, you want to influence the next generation. This is the place to do it. And Rhonda has been so bold about her faith. She's in, it's a, it's a at risk school, right? Yeah. It, yeah. And, and so she's done things like, painted prayers on the walls, on the end of it, just cool stuff. So, Lord, we ask for three teachers. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, that the presence of Jesus would be in Kendall Whittier Elementary School, not just through a weekend where we clean it up, but through an ongoing witness in a person. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. That's all. Awesome. Cool. Anybody else? Would we do just one more if someone feels really risky? All right, come on up. And then Elizabeth, you want to come on up so that you'll we'll share your testimony right after this one. Come on, sister. Um. I'm Kelly. Uh, Jesse Gurley, who helps lead Collective, is my husband. Um, I actually got to speak at Collective on Monday, which was really fun. Um, but I didn't realize like how much I need to listen to my own words. So I cry a lot. <laughs> um, I talked about just how, how the world gives you just this like underlying like sense of like fear and anxiety. 
and like how much um, just like what the world has to offer is like the exact opposite of what Jesus has to offer. Um, and so I was just like, Lord, like why do I keep feeling like this sense of like anxiety and fear and like, like I'm just running and running like a little hamster in a wheel. Um, and I just felt like the Lord like just leading me to like um, look at him. Um, and so like, I just, my husband has been like, um, you know, he's very, like a very gentle person if you know him at all. And he has been like trying to like get me to like kind of like ease out of social media a little bit, which I wouldn't ever have said like I'm like kind of obsessed with it because I usually only use it to like send memes to my friends. But like in the midst of like the scrolling to find like the perfect meme to send to my friend who's out of town, you just get inundated with this like literally like junk. Um, and so like actually I just like deleted all that stuff off my phone because I like can't handle it anymore. Um, it's just trash and it's just lies. So um, yeah, just like um, being willing to like yield to like whatever the Lord has to say to you, even if you didn't think that it was like a problem, like just like allowing the Lord to like show you like what the truth is and like what you need to do to like make it work for, for you and what the Lord is telling you to do. Thank you for sharing that. That's some radical obedience, right? And you know how Facebook is. They'll bug you for 30 days to see if you really meant it. They do. It's crazy. They're like a really bad drug dealer or something, you know. Anyway, sorry. You know, you know what I lean toward. Enjoy your Facebook if Jesus is telling you to do it. Okay, so... Elizabeth Freeland, she gave it. She gave her testimony several weeks ago. But if you don't know her story, she she's battled through some crazy health stuff. And this girl knows Jesus like few people I know. And so Roger actually came across your blog post that you'd written recently. He said, "Guy, this encapsulates just the whole of this this whole deal of you know we're saying yielding is listening, trusting, and obeying God." We're doing this way to hear God. We're trusting him by relinquishing control. Hopefully obedience is obvious. Hopefully. Let's do whatever God says. Like I'm in super big trouble that I've got to, I just told everybody now what I heard from the Lord. Cause like, oh, that was a bad idea. Cause now I'm really accountable to this. Um, but, but Elizabeth, I felt like in the, this blog post, it kind of embodied this whole thing. So will you just please read that? Yeah, so my name is Elizabeth Freeland. Um, a lot of you know me because I've been on your prayer list for the last couple of years, which, thank you for that. Um, I'm a three-time cancer survivor. Um, because of the amount of chemo- uh, chemotherapy I've had, I've had both my hips replaced. Um, I'll have my shoulder replaced by the end of the year. Um, the last couple months, I've been doing a preventative treatment so that it doesn't come back. But in that, I've also been able to move into a house with roommates, Natalie. <laughs> and um, get a job, which has been really awesome. But in that, I've kind of struggled because I'm like, how do I have a relationship with Jesus outside of suffering? How do I have a relationship with Jesus in the mundane questions of life? Do I, do the, do I get this job? Do I live in this house? So the way that I connect with the Lord the most is through writing. So on Saturday, the day before you guys, last week, um, I went to the Lord about it, and he just, like, dropped this bomb on me. So I'll just go ahead and read it for you. Okay. Thoughts of what a life best lived have been circling my mind as, as of late. When the circumstances of life puts a neon sign in front of you saying you may not have much time, cracks begin to form in your thoughts. When I was little, I couldn't wait to grow up into what adults do. I was the one who tested boundaries and tried to gain my independence as soon as possible. Like trying to stretch my baby feet into adult-sized shoes. This not only affected me, but also the relationships around me. Little did I know that being an adult meant paying bills and doing dishes, and then repeating that over and over. Then my adult life and all my dreams were put on hold 
I sought for my life in a hospital bed. Again, I craved the normalcy of living independently. A beautiful thing happened, though, and some of those relationships were mended and recreated. I felt like not only was I given a second chance, but but some of the most important connections one can have in their life were mended. Now that the waves of that season have settled into a gentle lapping on the shore, I am left with the aftermath of the storm. To clean up the debris and figure out how to remodel and what the remodel should even look like. Do I work a normal job, live in a house with roommates, and enjoy the mundane? Do I drop everything and run to another thrill to ease my lack of excitement? Do I try and combine the two to make a perfect life of responsibility and fun? That sounds simple. My default is to run to the Father and ask him these questions, but I found it difficult to hear what he says lately. I recently described it to a friend as trying to navigate a relationship out of, outside of suffering. The wilderness has been the furnace that melted my relationship with the Father down to the core. Now what does it look like when I reach the edge of the wilderness and look to the world outside? Like a slack line over a cliff, I reach the other side, and now I feel uncomfortable and awkward. So I, th- I joined the stream of fish all swimming in the same direction and got a job and a house. The weight of normalcy has been heavy on my shoulders lately, and I don't have strong enough ones to bear it. Physically, my actual shoulders have to be replaced, but also the strength of my spirit is being tested. No one has promised tomorrow, but I have the papers to prove it. So I went to the Father, and he invited me into a room. I expected to open the doors and find a dusty courtroom with a judge in a powdered wig and a gavel to tell me to tell me my destiny to doom me to suffering all the days of my life so I could produce a good enough testimony for him to be pleased. Instead, I opened the doors to a cozy living room. with a warm fire crackling and the view of a gorgeous lake in the window over the kitchen sink. There were two squishy sofa chairs in front of the fire with a table of hot cocoa and gooey marshmallows waiting for us. I took a note I took note of the fresh pinewood smell of the log cabin in the creek of the floor as I crossed to the chairs. I took a seat and met with and was met with a bright smile and gentle eyes staring back at me. I sipped the cocoa and breathed in the familiar presence that was surrounding me. I hear you have some questions for me, he asked. Before long, I was spilling my entire guts out to him with all the sorrows and questions I have developed. I felt like I couldn't stop pouring out to him. He listened intently without taking his eyes off of me. After it felt like hours, I gasped and said, So what do I do? The answer was simple, yet shook me to my core. How could two words melt away the pressure of the world? He set his mug down on the table and smiled and said, Follow me. I have trusted him with some of the biggest decisions of my life, but found it difficult to give him the little things too. Like he wouldn't take care of the good things of my life. It may look different than what I think, but I should... But it should be to follow, but okay, it may look different than what I think it should be, but to follow him will bring a, a joy indescribable. We spent the rest of the evening dreaming together, and he reminded me of what he spoke before the storm. It was like he was a cleanup crew and made the space even better than before. To give every day I have to him is the best way to spend those days. The burden falls away because it isn't up to you. So how do you do that? You listen to the still small voice guiding and directing you. For the logical ones, here's an equation. Griff. (laughs) Time spent equals relationship built. To boil it down to the simplicity of following him is the freedom and excitement I was really craving. You should give it a try. Thank you. So appreciate you. Yeah.
stand together. Listen, trust, obey, or even simpler, follow me. Follow me. So, Lord, we ask for the courage to follow you. The courage to ask you what we're afraid to ask. The courage to say yes, no matter what we feel about your answer. And the courage to obey into the life you've dreamed for us, even if we don't understand what's going on. Lord, will you just make our ears big? Make our ears big. Let us become so sensitive to you so that like Griffith said, I'm, I'm kind of scared with some of this, but I know God has spoken to me. And that even this is all, if I fail, you've already talked to me about this. Thank you. Thank you, even for some of us, where you're reducing us from all the things we trusted in before and they're disappearing one after the other and it feels like you're against us and you're actually saving us to be able to trust you and you alone. Thank you. So, Lord, help us to hear you. If you agree with me, can you just say the word yes? Yes. I want to show you something real fast. If you go to our website... Looks like this. Go up to resources. Click on that. Go to lifestyle of Jesus. You'll see that button right there. And that up, that's a, the guide of what we've just been doing. Okay? It's got a little bit more explanation. It's the one that Ruth Haley Barton put together. But that should be able to help you and just start to develop a way of doing this. Sound good? All right. Go hear God. Wait. Oh, Joanne Green. We're having a reception for her right in this fireside room because she'll be moving to Seattle. So go hug Joanne's neck. Tell her how much you love her. And parents, if you're picking up kids from Shepherd's Fold, right about now is when you should leave, and that's what I'm doing too. Have a great day, guys. Love you.